Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, seven steps to sustainable farming. New IFA president takes over on 27th of January. Arrangements for tomorrow's McCroom ploughing match, but first, some upcoming events. The Roberts Cove Festival Car and Tractor Run is taking place on tomorrow, Sunday, 5th of January. Registration 11am at the starting point, Tracton GA Complex, Manan Bridge, and that's tomorrow, Sunday, 5th of January. The Car and Tractor Run will set off from Tracton GA Complex and following a circular route will end up at the Tracton GA Club, Manan Bridge. Refreshments in Tracton GA Hall before and after the run. The organisers emphasise all vehicles must be in good mechanical working order regardless of their age, whether vintage or not. The organisers invite you to bring your tractor, new and old, vintage car, truck and or motorbike. Entry fee is €20 per vehicle and the proceeds to Kinsale Community Hospital. That's the Roberts Cove Festival Car and Tractor Run taking place tomorrow Sunday, 5th of January. Registration 11am, starting point, Tracton, GA Complex, Minan Bridge. Chagas can announce applications now open for the Green Cert Course 2020. It covers farmer entrant trading, recognised agricultural qualification. If you're interested, kindly contact Chagas at any of the following numbers. Mr. Pat Flannery, Course Director, available on 087-959-2799. That's Mr. Pat Flannery, Course Director, Chagas, 087-959-2799. Mr. Mert Fitzgerald, Education Officer, on the following number, 083-311-6339. 083-311-6339 or alternatively the Chagas McCroom office at the following number 026-41604 026-41604 Applications open until Friday 24th of January 2020 That's applications now open for the Green Cert course 2020 That notice from Mr Thomas Curran Regional Manager Chagas Cork West some other upcoming meetings. Carberry Chagask Farm Ready event will be held in the Fern Hill Hotel, Clonakilty, on Tuesday, 7th of January 2020, at 7 pm. All farm families are encouraged to attend. 
Gloss Participants Information Event for Traditional Farm Buildings Scheme will be held on Friday afternoon, 17th of January 2020 at 2pm. That's 2pm on the farm of Padraig and Antoinette O'Connor, Rock Hill, Grana in Cork. Air code is T23X892. Joining us, Mr Richard White, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Well, a very good start to 2020, Richard, and we have uh, a McCroom match on tomorrow Sunday. Thank you very much, John, and a happy New Year to you and all staff at 103FM. And um, I suppose our, our year is looking good so far. The weather has picked up well since the autumn, since before Christmas when things were very wet. And um, on tomorrow Sunday, McCroom Ploughing match is, is being held at Crookstown. Uh, it's on it's on stubble ground and it's by kind permission of uh, Needles Cronin, and uh, it's uh, commencing at 11:30 uh, on tomorrow Sunday. And uh, the entries uh, like McCroom Club would like the entries being on at 12 noon today um, at uh, 087-282-7092. That's uh, by 12 noon today Saturday on, on 087-282-7092. And the match is taking place at Crookstown. It's on the south side of Crookstown, just off the main park, McCroom Road. A very convenient location. And um, as suppose as usual, McCroom is always a very big match. There's always um, well over 50 competitors with quite an, a local entry. And I suppose all the West Cork entries, all the people, it's their first match of the season. And they'll all be vying for marks to try and make it to Dale Island in September. And uh, there's always a sprinkling also of East Cork Plowman, so it's always a very good, a very good, enjoyable day and a very good, very good entry. Well, that's fine. And let's hope, Richard, that this very first event of the ploughing year 2020 and our normal year 2020, let's hope it's a good start, the weather stays uh, good for tomorrow, and uh, people phone in in good time. Uh, is it by 12 noon today? Uh, by 12 noon today, yeah. 87 282 and we're looking forward to a very good match tomorrow. It's being held on the lands of uh, Neilis Cronin at Crookstown. It's uh, just off the um, Cork McCroom Road. At, it's on the south side of Crookstown. It's, it's very, very easily accessible, I suppose, from all people from West Cork up from Bandon side and also from McCroom side. So it's a very nice location and uh, weather permitting, it should be a very, very good event. Very good, well attended event. And as you've mentioned, there are people from uh, Cork East, uh, quite possibly a few competitors from Cork East. Uh. There's always a few a few from Cork East as well, and uh, given that's the first match of the season for the people from Cork West, uh, there's nearly always a very good attendance. They're all, it's their first first opportunity to get going, to hope the sod will turn out right for them and that the judge will be impressed with their work and that they'll be gaining marks to, to attend the All-Islands in September. Thank you very much indeed, Mr Richard White, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Thank you, Richard, and a very happy and prosperous 2020. Thank you, Richard. Thank you very much, John. Mr Tim Colnan, recently elected as the 16th President of the IFA, will take up office officially at the IFA Annual General Meeting on Monday, 27th of January, 2020. In a statement issued on Friday, 3rd of January 2020, the IFA National Rural Development Committee Chairman, Mr Joe Brady, has said the Minister for Agriculture, Mr Michael Creed, must secure the extension of Gloss 1 and 2 for the 36,000 farmers whose contract expires at the end of the year. 
Mr Brady said proposed draft regulations to extend the current CAP Common Agricultural Policy until 1st of January in the year 2022 means that agri-environmental schemes must also be extended. Otherwise, he said, farmers in the glass scheme would be at a significant financial loss next year. This, he said, was unacceptable. At a recent meeting with the Department of Agriculture, the IFA had emphasised the need for such an extension and had been told by officials it was possible. The scheme could also apply to TAMS, BDGP and the KT Knowledge Transfer Programme. The IFA Rural Development Committee chairman also urged Minister Creed to reopen Gloss for younger farmers and new entrants who had commenced farming since the scheme closed in 2016. Mr Brady said there is scope in the 2014 to 2020 inclusive rural development programme for this as it provides for 50,000 farmers in the scheme. Currently, there are 48,500 farmers participating. The remaining places in the glass scheme should, he said, be offered to new entrants under the same conditions as the existing scheme. Joe Brady also pointed out that farmers with Natura land who are not in glass or a locally-led scheme have no compensation scheme available to them. Farmers, he said, who are in EOS but not GLOSS should also be allowed into a reopened GLOSS scheme. In relation to 2019 GLOSS payments, the department had indicated, the IFA statement said, that 45,500 farmers had received their 85% advance payment worth €163 million. The IFA is now calling, according to their statement of 3rd of January 2020, for all outstanding payments, including the 15% balancing payment, to be made without delay. Joe Brady said £41 million is due to glass farmers in respect of the 2019 scheme. Coming up next, preparations for the beef plan movement to hold elections. Joining us, Miss Helen O'Sullivan, Secretary of the Cork Branch of the Beef Plan Movement. Helen, welcome to the programme. Now, a very important event taking place for paid-up members of the Beef Plan Movement. Would you please remind our listeners when and where it's taking place and uh, the whole purpose of this meeting? The Beef Plan Movement will be holding their AGM on the 15th of January at 8pm in Coolcar House, McCroom, County Cork. Air code p 12 E135. Elections will take place for paid-up members on the night where a new committee will be formed for the Cork branch. People who wish to put themselves forward or would like to nominate someone will have to do so in writing to myself uh, seven days before the 15th of January. And, or also they can email me if they like. On the night, photographic ID will be required. Nominations can be sent to me, Helen O'Sullivan, care of Tresaw Manny, Unit 13, Bantry Enterprise Centre, Seafield, Bantry, County Cork. So that's Helen O'Sullivan, care of Treso Manny, Unit 13, Bantry Enterprise Centre, Seafield, Bantry, County Cork. Or you can send me an email to beefplancork at gmail.com. That's beefplancork at gmail.com. So we'd like everyone to attend on the night for paid-up members. And again, like I said, if you'd like to take part, you're more than welcome to take part. 
So this will be a golden opportunity for those people who feel they are competent and feel they could fill the positions available in the organisation Beef Plan Movement, for those people who feel they have something very tangible to contribute to the beef sector, people who know the situation, people who are able to speak, those people are particularly welcome to put their names forward as candidates for one of the officerships of the Beef Plan Movement, but come along to the AGM. That's the first requirement. Absolutely, John. Um, there's an awful lot of people out there that are very credible and well able to speak, and they know very well what is going on in the beef industry at the moment and actually in the farming sector overall. And We all know that uh, things are at a situation now where, you know, Everyone else seems to be getting more money than what we are here in Ireland. And, you know, that's not on. And we all know we have the best product in the world. Therefore, we should be getting the best price. So, therefore, we have to come together and keep chipping away um, at this and try and get the best price we can. So, I'd encourage all people that would like to come along and help or put their names forward to join a committee. Please do so. Um, Like I say, people, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are very capable and well able. To read in the Agri Press a quotation from Chagas Director Professor Jerry Boyle, he's saying 2019 was the worst recent year for best performing beef producers, and the figure is quoted that an R3 heifer is worth €156 Euro more in the North than here in the Republic. So that is something that in the single market seems quite amazing. That is quite amazing, John, and that is what we've been doing for the last um, six to eight months, protesting about this, that cattle across the water in the UK and even in the north are making at least 150 to 200 euros per head, more than what we're getting down here in the south or, or in Ireland. So, I mean, this is, this is an awful lot of money. This is money that should be in the farmer's pocket. Uh, why aren't we getting this? This is the question to be asked. We have the best product in the world. We have a premium product. And we are not getting the best price in the world. So this will have to be addressed. Um, the, reta- the Beef Task Force will be happening again now on the 9th of January. And the retailers will be coming to this uh, this time. So that is a step forward. Uh, there will be a lot more transparency, we hope, in 2020 regarding uh, the price difference and what we are getting and what the rest of the world seems to be getting. Because at the moment, prices are up globally. And we're the only ones on the lower scale of the the market, which is not good enough, and things need to change, and the farmers need to start getting paid for their premium product. The big retail outlets, uh, Aldi, Tesco, Dunn's, Lidl, etc., have they said they'll come to the Beef Task Force Roundtable Talks? Yes, at the moment, uh, we have been informed that Aldi and Lidl will be going to the Beef Task Force, along with Tesco, and now recently Dunn Stores have come out as well, which is great, and they have confirmed that they will be attending the Beef Task Force on the 9th of January. This is very positive. It has never happened before in the history of the state as such. So um, once we have the meat processors at the table, we have the retailers at the table, the farm organisations will be there at the table. Um, You know, now the meat processors cannot pass the ball around and say, oh, this is what the retailers are looking for. We blame them. They want this, you know. So now at least the retailers will be there and they can speak for themselves and we can confirm, are all these restrictions needed, i.e. the 13-month rule, you know, the 70-day residency, the four-movement rule. These are all unfair trading practices, I think, that should be removed. They're just another way of keeping the farmer down, keeping money off of the farmer. The farmer is a very important part of the rural economy. So if all this red tape was taken away, it would take an awful lot of pressure off of the farmer, and the farmer might be able to make a cost of production plus a margin. 
So it's good news. We welcome it and hopefully there'll be a good result out of that meeting on the 9th of January. One new important factor in this whole mix for the next meeting of the Beef Task Force on 9th of January 2020, we now have, farmers now have in their possession the latest price index findings, research findings from on board beer. So a new element in all of this, we were told previously, oh, the Beef Task Force meetings, they can't discuss price. Well, now we can discuss price, price right across the European Union with the board beer price index. That is another thing that came out of the beef talks is the price index um, model. This, again, will keep an eye on, on the prices globally and it will keep a price on the offal as well, something we never got paid for and it's something we should be getting paid for because there was a lot of money being made out of that offal and um, that is coming from the cattle that we supply these factories. So that's good news as well and that will keep an eye on that. Um, also, the PO groups are um, out there as well now that we're, again, you know, we're the first farm organisation to have these PO groups established here in Ireland. So on behalf of the farmers, whatever group they decide to go with, the Irish beef producers or Emerald Isle, those organisations can go forward and, and talk price on behalf of those farmers. So again, numbers are important. So the more numbers you have, the more power we have to negotiate a price for your cattle and we can talk about price. So again, that's, that's important going forward. Since the last meeting of the Beef Task Force, another very important and very interesting and useful situation, the emergence of the two beef producer groups you've mentioned, the introduction of these two new beef producer groups. This is a new element in the whole calculation of price and establishing your right to have a reasonable price and, of course, a little bit of a margin. We are the first farm organisation to have these producer organisation groups and I think they should be used um, they are there so that we can negotiate on the farmer's behalf to get a better price for their cattle I suppose in numbers we have more power uh, so the more numbers that are in these beef producer groups i.e. the Irish beef producers group or the Emerald Isle there are two of them there so whichever one suits the person um, they can pick whichever one they'd like to go with so again it's just it's all down to numbers the person that might only be finishing maybe 15 cattle 20 cattle as opposed to the person that might be finishing 100 cattle. All of these cattle can be grouped together. You could have up to 1,000 cattle. You could, you know, get in touch with the factories and say, look, how much you give me for this amount of cattle. Get on to the next factory and negotiate the best price you can for that farmer. And, um, you know, it's good to have something like that because up until now, that wasn't there. So, again, numbers are important. And if people want to come to our meeting on the night and ask us questions about those producer groups, they're more than welcome to. And at this AGM, you'll be taking the names of people who want to go forward as candidates in the Beef Plan Movement elections. There are a lot of people out there that are well able to talk and are very capable of taking on positions um, on a committee or um, in in general to help this farming organisation to get the best for the farmers. So if you would like to nominate somebody or put yourself forward, you can do so in writing seven days before the 15th of January submission would have to be in so you can post that to myself Helen O'Sullivan care of Teresa Manny, Unit 13 Bantry Enterprise Centre Seafield Bantry County Cork or you can send me an email on to beefplancork at gmail.com so that's where you have to send in your nomination seven days before the 15th of January either for yourself or if you'd like to nominate somebody Thank you very much indeed Helen Miss Helen O'Sullivan 
Secretary, Cork Branch of the Beef Plan Movement. Thank you, Helen, and a very happy new year, and hopefully things will improve for the beef sector in the rest of 2020. Thank you, Helen, very much indeed. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. We are joined on the Dairy Goats Farm Talk program by Mr. Thomas Curran, Regional Manager at Chagas Cork West, based at the Advisory Building, Clonakilty Agricultural College, Clonakilty in County Cork in the west of the county. First of all, Tom, welcome to the program. Before we look at various elements of sustainable farming and uh, sustainability in general, you have details of some upcoming meetings which we feel would be of interest to our farming listeners. So first of all, Tom, those uh, events, those upcoming events. Thank you, John. Two events just to mention. Um, the first one is the Carberry Chagas Farmer Ready event. Um, it's on on Tuesday, the seventh of January at seven pm in the Fernhill House Hotel in Clonakilty. Um, this this uh, we, we encourage uh, farmers and their their wives and partners uh, to to come to this event because it's a farmer ready event. It's a wellness event, um, and uh, you know our, we're coming into a very busy time, I suppose, on farms in the spring with a huge workload. Um, and it's very important that farmers are looking after their own health and well-being as well. So that, this event focuses on that. Um, the second event then is um, uh, the traditional farm buildings uh, scheme event um, that is run by the Cork East staff, and that's on, on Friday the 17th of January at 2 p.m. in Podrigan and Eto O'Connor's uh, Rock Hill Grena. Um, and uh, we'd like to thank them for hosting the event um, so that that's a scheme where you know traditional farm buildings are part of our heritage and there is a scheme through the gloss scheme where where people can get funding to help to renovate um, these traditional farm buildings turning to a topic that's in the news almost every day we talk about uh, sustainability on the planet but in the more immediate term, we have to think of people's livelihoods, people in the farming sector who want to make sure there will be an industry there well into the future beyond all the problems of climate. So that key word is sustainability and how farmers can continue to make a living and at the same time help guarantee sustainability in their profession. What would some of the key steps be which farmers could take on their farms to improve sustainability? First and foremost, farmers are food producers. So we're producing milk and meat and grain um, for food produce. And it's important to keep in mind that we export the vast majority of that uh, product, um, you know, abroad. 
Um, and I suppose also the word sustainability is is used commonly now, um, you know, and by definition, it's the economic sustainability, social sustainability, but also environmental sustainability. So um, farming is very much in the spotlight in relation to greenhouse gases and, and you know, the focus on that. And, and that will only increase in time. So I think it's really important that farmers focus on showing that the systems that we operate in farming are sustainable um, from from an environmental point of view, from a social point of view and an economic point of view. Our systems also need to be sustainable in terms of the the person operating the farm that you know that they can manage that uh, you know from a labor point of view and and so on water quality is a big focus as well um, and biodiversity as well making room for nature in in the midst of our farming systems is very important so um, we need to be able to demonstrate and show that we are sustainable and that we can improve in sustainability so there's the Chagas have outlined seven steps um, that um, that farmers can can uh, you know take and and most of these are in place already with just tweaks um you know and and to highlight that and the first one of those would be improved ebi in terms of dairying or um improved stock in terms of beef and sheep um the more efficient animals that we have in terms of producing milk or beef or lamb um the the uh you know it improves the sustainability and also the more of the output that we have from grazed grass because that has the lowest carbon footprint um, and it's our cheapest feed. Um, so the second one would be clover. Um, clover is a, is a legume that fixes nitrogen. Um, and if we can utilize clover more in our, grass, in our grassland, it means we have a less, lesser dependence on chemical fertilizer, which is a higher carbon footprint than, than the, you know, clover does. Um, the one I want to focus on today is um, protected urea um, because it's a critical time. Um, but protected urea is is a more stable product than can our unprotected urea. Um, the other one, I suppose, coming into you know from mid January onwards is slurry spreading and using the new new technologies that are there in terms of trailing shoe and band spreaders reduces the nutrient loss and nitrogen and phosphate loss from slurry spreading. Um, another one, I suppose, is improved energy efficiency and and renewable energy. So. You know, currently there is a TAMS grant for six kilowatts of, of um, solar panels that can be installed on dairy farms, um, and that can supply quite a, a high level of, of the um, electricity requirement on dairy farms. And maybe in time, um, solar panels will become a, a possibility for dry stock farms as an income source, um, you know, where they, they can install them on slatted sheds and so on and sell the power to the grid. Um, so that that may be there. I suppose a big one would be incorporating maybe forestry and hedgerows on the farm in terms of biodiversity. Um, that's really important in terms of uh, you know wildlife on our on our systems and to show that our systems of farming don't impact negatively on wildlife. Um, and the final one then is uh, water quality. Uh, we have to ensure, and we saw an EPA report there shortly before Christmas. Um, showing that water quality uh, has declined and that's something that we have to stop and reverse um, and you know there's an onus on the industry collectively including farmers to to make sure that our systems are not impacting negatively on water quality. Uh, in West Cork we have 17 specific um, uh, designated areas under the the ASAP program, as it's known, and we have a dedicated, dedicated advisor working uh, in conjunction with Dairy Gold um, in East Cork and, and, and with Carberry in West Cork. 
um, you know, in, in addressing maybe issues in water courses. Um, so there are the seven steps, John, really. Um, a lot of those are already in place, um, but some tweaks and maybe some better management, and, and we can really show that we are sustainable and that we can stand over our systems uh, very strongly. And you mentioned in passing the ACP's agricultural catchment uh, programmes where water quality is monitored 24 hours a day very frequently to ensure water quality and to get uh, feedback on the impact of agriculture on those catchment areas. And that's based uh, a lot in Timaleague in West Cork. Yes. Protected urea. Could we be more specific on what this product actually is and how farmers should embrace this, you know, and possibly use it this spring. So the protected urea. Yeah, so in, in terms of, look, it's a critical time. Many farmers will have already purchased their fertiliser, um, you know, in advance before the year end. Uh, but a lot of farmers will be, you know, maybe starting to get their orders in for fertiliser so they can start to spread it in, in the second half of January. Um, I suppose what we're advocating, and it's based on research, is that, um, you know, I suppose chemical fertilizer is one of the most expensive inputs on on farms on any farm system, and um, you know it's it's a surprising figure that only you know that, that we only get about twenty five percent utilization of that. Um, so um, this time of the year, soil temperatures um, you know we've had a relatively mild winter, but you need a soil temperature of of um, above seven or eight degrees to get you know good growth. Um, and if the soil temperature is, is poorer than that or lower than that, I should say, um, then products like can and that are very volatile. Um, so they tend to either be leached out of the soil or uh, what they call volatilized, or essentially they, they dissolve and a lot of the fertilizer um, or the nitrogen availability goes into the atmosphere. Um, and that's a big cause of greenhouse gases in, in from agriculture. Um, so protected urea is um, is a product. Uh, urea is more stable in itself anyway, but it's when it's protected with a chemical called 2NPT or NBPT, or there's another one called NPPT. Those three products. Um, it prevents the urea from dissolving, and it it also um, stabilizes it in the ground. So, um, what does that mean for the farmer? Um, it means that for the urea that you you spread, if you're putting half a bag of urea out um, in the second half of January, um, you're retaining an awful lot more of that urea for grass growth, which is what you wanted in the first place. Um, so, I think it is very important. Um, I mentioned earlier that you know that the spotlight is very much on farming in relation to um, greenhouse gas emissions and the fact that we produce so much ammonia. Ninety-eight percent of the national ammonia is produced from agriculture. Um, but as we move towards the target date of 2030, um, we need to embrace changes. The, the seven changes to improve our, our sustainability and one of those and the one that, uh, according to the Chagas Mac curve which has been adopted by industry is, is the use of protected urea and that's giving us the biggest hit in terms of reducing greenhouse gases so um, it's really important that farmers adopt this and go and seek protected urea from the merchants um, and make sure that the products they're using have um, the one of the uh, urease inhibitors um, in, in them, and those are the ones, the 2NPT, NBPT, and NPPT, and those three products have been researched in Johnson Castle in, in Wexford. How would farmers know if this protected urea inhibitor is in fertilisers they buy 
purchaser beware, it's up to you to check. And obviously, if you're dealing with a reputable uh, co-op, they will tell you and advise you and even lead the conversation and tell you about the advantages of uh, protected urea. But at the same time, just by way of a double check, the farmers would be able to check for themselves, view the contents and make sure this protected urea is in the fertiliser they're buying. Well, yeah, you mentioned it yourself, John. I think the first thing to do when you're buying fertiliser um, is, you know, to talk to your sales rep, talk, talk to, you know, your merchant and um, ask, ask them for protected urea and, and make sure that it's in it. Um, and, the, and the second way of doing that is, is to check the label. When it arrives in the yard, check the label and see uh, does it contain a urease inhibitor um, because the la- it will be printed on the label on, on the bag. Um, you know that that it does, and what what inhibitor um, it'll also state what inhi- inhibitor is included as well. Is there actual research which you can point to, Tom, which would show the benefits of using protected urea that you've spoken about and explained uh, in a quite technical and straightforward way too about the advantages of using protected urea with the inhibitor? But is there actual research which? Uh, people could refer to if they wished, if they wanted to be, you know, for sure, for sure type of thing. Yeah, so uh, Chagas did research in Johnson Castle and at other sites, uh, six other sites around the country um, over the past number of years uh, using protected urea. Um, and essentially protected urea consistently gave the same yield as can fertilizer. Um, in at times of the year uh, where gold conditions were very good, maybe can yields were up a bit, um, and but but also the protected urea yields were up, and if growth conditions were poor, they were both down similarly. Um, in, in as part of that trial as well, um, you know that protected urea reduced the emissions uh, compared to can. Um, so, I suppose if farmers change to using protected urea as opposed to can, um, they can redu- they can know that they're reducing emissions on farm. Um, and that that's on a farm by farm basis, which then all adds up to be a national basis that that we are you know we can as a, as an industry we can say that we're reducing our greenhouse gas emissions by using protected urea. Um, the the big thing is the stability. When when we get into the main growing season and soil temperatures are good and thing growth is very active, then um, you know products like can and that are are fine because they're being used um, they're being used up quickly by rapidly growing vegetation whereas um, in the springtime and the autumn uh, where growth is lower uh, that's where your protected urea protects you know uh, gives you that that reduction in emissions and um, the, the the other question I suppose on that is that the protected urea can be used right throughout the year very important indeed. So the greenhouse gases, that's what we're told, that's the factor in the climate warming and in particular agriculture is getting perhaps uh, an undue uh, share of the blame for emitting greenhouse uh, gases using protected urea under the circumstances you've explained. This would in fact have a favourable impact on greenhouse gases or GHGs as we refer to them for short. Absolutely, because we're protecting the urea and we're retaining more of that product in for grass growth, um, the, the nitrogen is being absorbed in grass growth, so there's less less of it being volatilized into the atmosphere. Um, you know, so when we talk about ammonia emissions and, and agriculture having to reduce the 98% emissions, um, 
using protected urea has a big bearing um, and in terms of the Chagas Mac curve as I said earlier has given us um, the biggest impact in reduction in greenhouse gases uh, when we compare it to all the other measures that are in there such as um, slurry spreading and, and EBI and all that it's actually protected urea that gives us the biggest benefit in terms of a reduction in greenhouse gases um, so like I, I'd like to emphasize that that you know as time goes on if we don't get adoption, and this is the clear message coming from the researchers um, in, in Johnson Castle and elsewhere, is that we need to tackle this now. Uh, we need to use the technologies such as protected urea and low emissions, splash, uh, low emissions um, spreading like um, trailing shoe and so on. And if we adopt those technologies sooner rather than later, um, we'll go a long ways towards reducing our carbon footprint and our greenhouse gases. But to put that on a positive and say that, look, that's all fine, um, for me, the biggest impact here is on our markets, and I mentioned earlier that we're an export market. If we can stand over our products and say that we are more environmentally friendly, that that our our systems of production are showing a reduction in greenhouse gases, uh, a reduction um, in the impact on on water quality, uh, well then you know, we can use that as a marketing tool to sell our products abroad um, into premium markets. And I, I think that's the, the biggest um, part, the, the way that I would view this in terms of, um, you know, farming going forward is, is putting our best foot forward and showing that we do have good systems of production that compare very, very highly with any part of the world. Um, and, and that's why I think, you know, we need to adopt these technologies sooner rather than later. And again, when we talk about uh, having our derogation renewed and being allowed uh, certain concessions linked to our expert management of the environment and the close attention, as happens with the agricultural catchments area studies, all of those factors would help reduce the impact of EU regulations on intensive farming and enable us to have farming enterprises which are profitable into the future. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. When we speak of clover absorbing some harmful gases. Again, the role of pollinators, bees, and the negative impact of neonicotinoids and um, those chemicals which destroy the bees' sense of direction. So I suppose we are talking too about the importance of ensuring the safety of pollinators in the context of sustainable agriculture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's one of the seven steps. And I think you know, um, certainly on, on almost every farm there are areas, and if there isn't areas, then uh, I think farmers should consider putting in areas that um, that benefit wildlife. Um, so you mentioned clover. Um, clover is a fantastic flower in terms of pollinators, in terms of bees, um, you know, but also uh, field margins are hugely important. So um, in terms of water quality, for instance, um, fencing off a margin of, of uh, one and a half metres from, from the top of a bank of a watercourse and leaving that um, develop, you know, b- between clover and grasses and various different um, wildflowers, um, that's all helping pollinators, um, but it's also helping um, to be a buffer zone uh, and prevent overland flow of nutrients. So uh, there's a double hit with that. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think we we certainly should, you know, look at the, those areas and some farmers have put in under schemes like the gloss have put in, um, you know, wild bird cover and mixtures of triticale and oats and things like that that have brought in um, seed eating birds, um, you know, over the winter. Um, 
so yeah absolutely i think there's a lot of scope there um to put in um wildflower margins um and uh, you know the introduction of clover which is part of our farming systems will will help that as well Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Tom Curran, Regional Manager at Chagas Cork West, based at Clonakilty Agricultural College. Thank you, Tom, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. Listeners are reminded that the Roberts Cove Festival Car and Tractor Run is taking place on tomorrow, Sunday, 5th of January. Registration, 11am at the starting point, Tracton GA Complex, Milan Bridge. The car and tractor run will set off from Tracton GA Complex and following a circular route will end up back at the Tracton GA Club, Minan Bridge. Refreshments in Tracton GA Hall will be served before and after the run. All vehicles, the organisers stress, must please be in good mechanical working order regardless of their age. The organisers invite you to bring your tractor, new and old, vintage car, truck or motorbike. Entry fee is €20 per vehicle and all proceeds to Kinsale Community Hospital. That's the Roberts Cove Festival Car and Tractor Run tomorrow morning, Sunday, January 5th, registration 11am at the GAA Complex, Tracton Minan Bridge. Applications are now open for the Chagask Green Cert Course 2020. This will include farmer entrant training, recognised agricultural qualification. If you are interested, please contact any of the following Chagas personnel. Mr. Pat Flannery, Course Director at 087-959-2799. That's Mr. Pat Flannery, Course Director, 087-959-2799. Or Mr. Mert Fitzgerald, Education Officer on 083-311-6339. That's 083-311-6339. Or alternatively, just phone the Chagas McCroom office at the following number. 026-41604. There is a deadline. Applications open until Friday, 24th of January, 2020. And that note from Mr Thomas Curran, Regional Manager, Chagas Cork West. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot and Controls. And to you, the listener, a very happy and prosperous 2020. Next agri-update scheduled for this coming Wednesday evening between 10pm and 11pm. Thanks for listening. Dairy Gold Agri, your solution to all your farm needs. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.